Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Brian, I used AI this week. Oh, did you? What did you yes. do yourself by yourself with your own hands? Well, I did a deep dive machine learning analysis on the length of the line at the local Trader Joe's. Okay. And I did that by walking up to an employee and asking him, hey, when's the time that the least amount of people are in your store? <laughs> and he said, yeah, around 11 o'clock. So I said, okay. And then I, you know, I put on my, my, my garb, my, my protective gear, and mm -hmm. uh, I went shopping at Trader Joe's yesterday. Brian, you should be very jealous. I actually am. We have a Trader Joe's list in our notes app, our shared <laughs> notes app that is about a mile long. My wife has already joked that when she decides to send me, I will be gone all day. And that is very possible. <laughs> I had uh, cheese and arugula ravioli with pesto and steamed broccoli yesterday for dinner. That, was oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> the thing I really miss about Trader Joe's is so much of it is like pre pre prepared, right? So it's so easy to get a dinner together as opposed to the cooking entire meals three times a day every single day that we've been doing. So <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I just don't need any of the frozen stuff because it's it's filled with salt. There's too much salt. But yeah. uh, I made an exception yesterday for ravioli because we finally got our new refrigerator in after the great refrigerator debacle. Excellent. And uh, since we lost like almost everything we had, it's been, uh, you know, we're trying to play catch up and we got a smaller refrigerator. So we even have less food in the house. Yay. Oh, boy. <laughs> Better be, pre be prepared for those butcher box deliveries. Yeah. Well, I got an every plate yesterday. No, uh, no butcher box, unfortunately. Well, in uh, continued Star Trek news, the, the Star Trek gifts keep on giving. We are getting a Voyager reunion of sorts. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary on Tuesday, May 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time via the Stars in the House YouTube channel and website. Uh, this is going to be pretty much everybody coming back. Kate Mulgrew, who played Janeway, of course, Jerry Ryan, Seven of Nine, Roxanne Dawson, Robert Beltran, Robert Duncan McNeil, Robert Picardo, Ethan Phillips, and Garrett Wang will all be coming back in support of the Actors Fund to sit and talk and share some stories. I particularly enjoyed this quote. This reunion will be both gratifying and novel. We are all alive, we are all congenial, and we are all still actors, <laughs> said Kate Mulgrew, because famously Kate Mulgrew and Jerry Ryan do not get on at all. So I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, she was pissed that a super hot chick was thrown in for sex appeal. Yeah, yeah, and well, you know, I'm sorry, uh, Kate Mulgrew hasn't aged as well as Jerry Ryan has either. So. Nobody has aged as well as Jerry yeah. Ryan has. <laughs> I think she might actually be Borg at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be, yeah. Yeah, and I guess the funny thing about that is as, as annoyed as Kate Mulgrew was about the character, the character became a fan favorite and actually got really good storylines. So it wasn't mm – -hmm. I mean, she did wear that outfit the whole show. There's no doubt yeah. that that helped, but she was yeah. a good actress and got good, uh, good storylines out of it. And she was also dating the head writer. That always helps. Yeah, that kind of is uh, – you, you got to add that into the mix. That a is a bit. good way to get um, some good storylines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and other follow-up, Fitbit is uh, in c continuing to attempt their pivots uh, <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. As, as you and I were theorizing, uh, surely they're going to get into the contact tracing slash some sort of thing game because you've got a, a wearable that's tracking different – aspects and uh since their ventilator gambit didn't really pay off uh here they are doing exactly that 
they are being uh, being basically studied by a number of academic institutions to determine if they might be able to contribute to early detection of COVID-19 and the flu. So they're also on, uh, launching their own dedicated study, which users can sign up for from within the Fitbit mobile app. So you can opt to give them their data, all your datas, and uh, they will see if there will be any correlation between being sick and uh, whatever they're collecting from their from their little Fitbits. And if so, then, you know, they've got a plausible case scenario to say, hey, you fit this profile. You may or may not be sick. Go see a doctor. All right. And uh, yeah, I mean, my 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 contact tracing thing came from a dream. It wasn't really like I wasn't sitting around trying to be a futurist. I'm like, I just dreamt it up one night. So um, we'll uh, see. Spoiler alert. That's what futurists do. Good point. Good point. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> they don't have any fucking crystal ball either. Speaking of contact tracing, Apple and Google have launched their quote-unquote exposure notification API. They have changed, uh, they've pivoted on the name, they, they've got new branding, and what they're doing now is they're letting, you know, public health officials in different places use their API to build their own apps. And it's kind of interesting because what they've done is they, they're doubling down on privacy, and they're even saying to people who build their own apps, well... If your app has any kind of geolocation service in it, you cannot use the API, which bravo, guys, bravo. Yep, that's 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 a good thing. Uh, we'll see how well this actually works because uh, I don't know if you've heard, but there was news that uh, a contact tracing app that had been vetted by Apple uh, that launched in North Dakota, the, the first one of the first states to roll one out called the Care 19 app. Um, mm, whoops, it sends location data to Foursquare. Oh, Jiminy Jeepers. <laughs> Jiminy Jeepers. Nope. So uh, I like the theory that Apple's got going here, but uh, I, I have a feeling that these things are going to be rolling out fast and furious and may not be getting the proper vetting that they should be getting. So we, uh, we'll like, see. Yeah. Uh, we do not have one here in California yet. Nobody's rolled anything out. Um, all my devices updated. So I have the API on, on all my stuff. So we'll see. Uh, we do, you know, I, I, what I liked about it is that it didn't come with any sort of software that just flicks on. You have to consciously go out and find it and install it. So that's nice. Um, we'll see. Yeah, but kind of useless as, as to what we yes. were talking about before. Is like nobody's going to get it. So it's, yeah, nobody's going to get it. In the wind, yeah. interest seems pretty low. And I got to tell you, if you if you're coming out of the gate with the very first app and the and that one is sending all the data to Foursquare, that's not a good start to get people on board. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. And speaking of this update, uh, the 13.5 iOS update, mm -hmm. they now have a way to quickly unlock your phone if you're using Face ID, because when you're wearing a mask, it's hard to get to your phone. But, you know, it's, it's some swipe thing. I haven't noticed any difference with the speed to get into it, because it's just like, hey, no face, boom, you're in. Um, the thing is, when you're out and about and you're wearing a mask, and you're obviously at some place where you need to be wearing a mask, mm -hmm. one of the things that the CDC says is, stop touching your phone. Well, Because yes. you touch your phone, and then your phone touches your face. The whole point is to not touch your face. So, yes. come on. Yes, and, and you're touching other things, and then you're grabbing your phone. And Okay, we, we need to figure... We don't know what's going on. This is the problem now, because we're, you know, first off, we're told, oh, the COVID-19, it, it can live on cardboard for four days. It can live on, on glass for two days. And then we're told, oh, you know what? Really, the only way it's being transferred is, is through breath and things and face-to-face -face contact and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, here we are again. 
So <laughs> we, we, we don't know what's actually going on. We don't know what's really helping. We don't know how we're really getting this. Well, uh, I think we're, we have a pretty good idea that the face-to-face contact and, you know, yeah. the, uh, the spittle in the air that hangs in the air, you inhale it, it goes through because there's, there's a mm-hmm. much larger virus, virus load in that. Yeah. And if, if we were getting it by touching things, then, you know, by now everybody would have it. This is true. Even as careful as we've been wiping down everything and leaving cardboard outside and not bringing it into the house, we would have gotten it by now by some mistake somewhere. So, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about grabbing your phone while you're out at Trader Joe's, but don't go to fucking choir practice. Exactly. And I talked to one of the managers at my local Ralph's and, you know, this is a like you you spend a a lot of time talking to managers at grocery stores, Jason. Well, from a safe distance, I have to talk to them because they keep all of the, you know, the uh, the wipes behind the counter. So you have to go up and get the wipes. So we talk from a distance. We don't raise our voice. We talk very quietly because you know, can still blow through the mask if you're talking really loud. But I asked how many people at the store had been infected since the thing started. And she said one and they recovered just fine. And they have thousands mm-hmm. of people going through there a day, which means that it's probably not getting transferred by shit you touch, is all I'm saying. That's yep. all I wanted to point out there, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, so one person in our store got it and recovered at this point. And like I said, this is since it started in March, like March 15th. Yep. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but here's a fun one, though. The National Advertising Reviewing Board, or NARB, <laughs> has told AT&T to knock it the fuck off with the 5G. And yeah. as they should. As they should. Yeah, they're like AT&T tried to put this 5GE thing. I don't even know. Does your phone still have that? If I turn my phone on and it says AT&T, let's take a look here. And it says, "Oh, it's gone." It used to say what kind of network I was on and it does not say that anymore. Interesting. Hmm? That is also Maybe? gone for me and I'm on Verizon. But uh, and Verizon is also caught up in this as mm-hmm. well. Yes. <laughs> so, and yes. Uh, yeah, this started off with T-Mobile yelling to the the, the NARB about <laughs> AT and T, and AT and T lost their appeal, saying that hey, we're not you know it's no no this is like really it's the first step to five G, and no it's not no it's, it's not four G LTE it's a completely different fucking technology you assholes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I talked to so many people who are like, hey, man, my phone got 5G this week. And I'm like, no, it didn't. <laughs> Dumbass. But it says it. I'm like, no, it, it says 5GE. That's marketing. That's mm-hmm. marketing. And it's bad marketing. It's confusing marketing. So the only thing here is uh, AT&T didn't get a fine. They were just said, hey, guys, uh, knock it off. Knock it off. Like, of course, they didn't get a fine. Well, I don't, I don't think NARB as a as a as a. An entity has the ability to find people. I I, they don't. It's the Better Business so, Bureau, man. Of yeah, course exactly. Not. All they can do is like say, "Hey, knock it off." Or we'll <laughs> we, take they, this they up to another their, level. Yeah, they remove their sticker that says, "You know, Better <laughs> Business Bureau approved." Yeah. So, but in interesting, fun news, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I have to give it to them for this one. They are going to start canceling inactive members subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever? In your life, heard of a subscription-based company that says, hey, man, if you don't use it, we're not going to charge you anymore. No, No. that is, in fact, the business model for all gyms. They count on you not (laughs) using it because that's how they make money. I ran uh, uh, artist fan clubs for many years, and no, we would never reach out to people and say, well, you haven't logged in. Sorry, we're going to... 
we're going to cancel and refund your money here uh, for not using the service. No, that that's how you make money. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> exactly. You know? The whole point is we keep you on. The reason everything has moved to subscription models is chances are you'll forget you have it and we get to keep dinging you. Right. Which is why this is such an amazing move from Netflix. Of sorts. I, I, why, why do you mean of sorts? I think this well, is fantastic. Th- no, it is fantastic, and I agree. But the reason that they are willing to do this is they had the bean counters look through and found out that very, 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 very few people have memberships and don't use them. So All for right. them, they they made a calculated financial c- c- decision that they would get goodwill and lots of press if they did this and lose very, very little money, which, again, good on them. That means that their product is so strong that people that pay for it do use it all the time. Yeah, that's I mean, that's great. Mm-hmm. So I just I think I what I like about this, though, is that hopefully it will kick other people's asses into doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. If Apple you know? Plus did this, they'd be out of business tomorrow. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean the only one that would never really get dinged for this is Amazon Prime because everybody uses Amazon Prime every damn day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mark Zuckerberg is in the news. He's joining Jack Dorsey. Uh not completely though. He's uh saying that half of Facebook may work remotely by twenty thirty. That's kind of a long way away. That's a long way away. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I like that he's saying that, you know, this is like something that they're going to work on. They were going to say within the next five to 10 years, they think that about 50% of Facebook's workforce will work remotely. Now, you know, I when I when I think about this, I think it's fantastic. I think it will change up how cities are designed because, you know, right now, San Francisco sucks because of the <laughs> Facebooks, the Googles, the Apples, because everybody has to go to the damn office. And so I would really like to see a more distributed workforce everywhere. And also, here's one thing that I that I thought about. This might help with age discrimination when it comes to hiring in tech. Because you might be able to sneak through if you put on a put on a Zoom filter for your interview that makes you look about <laughs> 20 years younger, you might be able to slide on through if you get your jargon down. You're like, sup, bro? Yeah, I was just hacking me some PHP last night. I got that. Oh, man, I forked my 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 SQL procs and I got everything going. You know, just just bullshit your way through it. As long as you look young, you can be young when you're in a distributed workforce. As much as you're kind of making that a joke, I think that there is actually a real kernel of truth in there and not so much because of, you know, that you could slap a Zoom filter on. No, no, but what no. It, yes. what, it does, <laughs> what it does remove is it removes the corporate culture. Um, the, the, yeah, the office that's what bro, I mean. The yeah. bro culture is totally gone. Um, and you actually basically would just be hiring and keeping people based on merit. And as we know, us old folks have quite a lot of merit, uh, but we may not fit in with the, yo, bro, culture uh did you did you attend the crazy uh you know dub trip step triple hop thing last night with rihanna and whatever and no no i did not because i'm old and i have kids but i can't get my work done so right it it might really actually bring in the meritocracy that we always wanted in technology so (laughs) i i did that's what that was the big promise It's, it's you know technology should be a meritocracy and uh i don't know i think i i think it'd be great and and I was joking about the Zoom thing, but I honestly believe that this could be, you know, a game changer for ageism in tech if you can work from wherever and it's all based on the quality of your work. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's not just happening in, in San Francisco, as you pointed out. Also this week, Shopify has announced 
that they will be shifting to permanent work from home and they are based in Toronto, Canada. So mm-hmm. they will be allowing its 5,000 employees to work from home indefinitely, even after the dangers of the pandemic fade and cities lift shutdowns. They plan to keep their offices largely closed for the rest of the year as they redesign their space for a digital by default mindset. So they're going to do it there too. <clears throat> offices will be limited to 20 to 25% capacity after this is over. So this is a big shift. Um, I'm interested to see if the 20 to 25% is going to be enough because as we've been talking about, yes, some people have definitely adapted to work from home and are capable of doing it, but I still think there are two subsets of people, uh, the people that cannot work from home, they just cannot get their shit together to do it diligently and work enough and they need the office to do it, and the people that are screaming desperate to get out of their houses right now. Right, but you, and you also have to think about things like you know DevOps. You can't you can't change a hard drive on a server if you're working from home. Things nope, like that, unless you move the whole server farm into your house. Well, that yeah, would be interesting. Maybe <laughs> they just turn turn the, you know, uh, basically turn the ISPs into dorms and everybody can live there. That's true. And there was a survey that was done by Blind, which was you know a social network that lets people bitch and moan about where they work. Yes. and they found that uh, two out of three would consider leaving their their place you know moving uh if they could work remotely permanently and yep. it wasn't just san francisco seattle and new york had about 70 percent you know 69 to 70 percent said we're sure why yep. not let's go live someplace where we actually want to live let's go be by family let's go live in an, in an environment that doesn't cost so damn much yeah you know well, look it, it's changing where we're considering living when we were considering moving our our move to toronto we're, we're kind of opening up the areas of which we were considering living because it seems that uh assuming everything gets back to reasonably normal sort of stuff i won't have to go into an office every day because the company that i'm working for is shifting towards that it's even changing the way that we're approaching the move because it seems that my wife might be able to work remotely from for the company here in los angeles from toronto instead of mm-hmm. finding a new job which was she was thinking about doing so it's really changing a lot of the ways that a lot of people are looking at their lives right now yep mm-hmm. and somebody who's looking at things and change <laughs> amazon who is ramping up to get prime day going in july has said eh, let's push it back to september that's that's all there is to that one they should have just <laughs> called just... it they should have just called it prime toilet paper day and sent a roll of toilet paper to everybody in america seriously that would have gotten <laughs> them some goodwill yep goodwill and surprisingly, Facebook, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that they killed this thing. Uh, Facebook's work chat app reaches 5 million paid users, but still lags behind Microsoft and Slack. And this um, is how I know that you never look at the Grumpy Old Geeks Facebook page, because every time I go into the admin on that, I get a big ad to use Microsoft Work or fa- yeah. Facebook Work, whatever it's called. <laughs> Why would I look at it? That's your job, man. I, I don't have to. I'm not gonna. So yeah, they've reached 5 million paid users. And since, you know, I'm thinking if they could fudge the numbers here and say that five, well, I guess 5 million paid users would be more than the actual amount of people that work at Facebook. I was just thinking yes. maybe they said <laughs> it was just all of the Facebook employees. But yeah, well, basically, yes. If you work for any Facebook entity, you're obviously using their software, which is a large chunk of people. So a lot of people that are using Workplace are Facebook employees. Um, I, I've looked at it. I, I've seen it. It's not bad. Um, I, I still, I've got to say, I've been using Teams. I like Teams the best. I've, I was a Slack user with you. Uh, we used mm-hmm. that for Grumpy Old Geeks for a long time. I liked Slack. I think Teams is much more powerful and way better. Uh, wow. And from my limited exposure to Workplace, uh, I think I think Teams is the winner here. I think Microsoft actually has a winner, believe it or not. Wow. I okay. know. Strange. Strange <laughs> times. 
<laughs> it is strange times. I, I, I mean, the thing isn't about so much the feature set. Is it still just butt ugly? It's not bad. It's okay. it's, it's a lovely purple hue. Uh, it makes sense. The navigation is fine. I find it uh, easier to navigate, and it's just the feature set because it's it beats Slack on that just hands down so far hands down. It's ridiculous. Like what? What's what's in there that's not on Slack? The integration with everything else. Now, you, granted, you kind of have to be a full on Microsoft shop for that, but it integrates with your Outlook. It integrates with everything. All the other Microsoft business apps are the integration is just spot on and built in. It's it's, it's amazing for that. The calendar okay. app, all of that sort of stuff. It's just, it, it's one click to do it all. And, and it, it's, it's just it nice. It ties the ecosystem together. Exactly. It ties the ecosystem together perfectly. Oh, God, shoot me if I ever have to use that. Because <laughs> that just means I'd have to use Outlook. I never in my life, there's there are many things I never want to do again. One is wear a tie mm -hmm. and use Outlook as another one. I'm not thrilled about the Outlook. I'll be honest about that. But even saying that, it is a lot better than the last time I used Outlook, which was probably 10 years ago. Well, also, if you're going to a PC, it's much different because I'm used to Outlook on the Mac, which was the biggest mm -hmm. garbage pile in the world. Oh, they've made it better because I'm all still on my Mac. I don't have a PC yet. I'm totally in the Microsoft ecostructure on my Mac now, and it's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Anyways, there you go. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, going back to Facebook, they have a new plan to make you shop on Instagram. On Tuesday, Zuck announced a set of new features aimed at making Instagram and Facebook true shopping destinations by offering struggling brick-and-mortar shops new options to sell to customers online. This could obviously, obviously boost Facebook's business, since it offers retailers of all sizes even more reasons to buy ads on the two giant social networking apps. That is how they will mainly make their money. Uh, they are not going to charge or take a cut of sales from companies that set up storefronts in the new shops feature unless they use Facebook's checkout feature, which, you mm -hmm. know, that allows them to do the payments. And they'll take 5% there, which is a higher than typical payment processing fees, but lower than what Amazon or eBay charge. So, you know, they're kind of doing first samples free sort of thing here because we know that won't stay as low as it is. Um, you know, they're they're trying. We'll see what happens. I don't know about that. The thing that upsets me is they talk about how this is going to be, you know, a way to offer struggling brick and mortar shops new options. But uh, from what I can tell going roughly through this, because I was like, okay, well, here we go. We've got uh, the ability to sell online now. We have masks. Let me see if I can set this up for grumpy old geeks. You need like 10,000 followers minimum before they even let you try this. Oh, really? Yeah. So how's that going to help struggling brick and mortar shops? We we'll probably only have a couple hundred people that like them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, the mom and pops are definitely not going to be in on no, this one. That's a load of shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not Look, I was bored. There. I just thought, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an option. <laughs> I run a tech podcast. Let's set this up and see how easy it is. And I got the wah, wah, not enough people like you. Damn it, people. Why don't you like us? They don't like <laughs> us. Speaking of people that don't like each other, have you been watching this uh, Call Her Daddy podcast kerfuffle that's been I, going I on? I have not. I have not. Oh, man. So there's this podcast called Call Her Daddy, and uh, two chicks, 127, 126 from New York, they started this thing, and then they were picked up by Barstool Sports, which okay. then blew them up. Mm -hmm. They were getting 12,000 downloads, and Barstool helped them to get to 2 million downloads in a whopping two months. Guys at Barstool, 
We're available. Look, I, I was about to say, <laughs> how many podcast networks have we joined that promised to do that for us and that did absolutely nothing? All of them. <laughs> so we just need to get on Barstool Sports, I guess. I guess we do. Uh, I guess maybe I'll learn to like sports if they can, they can hey, do this. Hey, one of us likes sports, Barstool. Just saying. Yeah, my God. So uh, now that uh, they blew up and then there was this big thing where the girls decided that they wanted a lot more money and they wanted the rights back to their shows so they could go get TV deals and book deals and merch deals um, and all this stuff. That's not how it works, honeys. Yep, they got greedy. <laughs> and to, to Barstool's credit, they said, hey, guys, we're going to up your base salary to get this $500,000 a year plus bonuses and other incentives. And one of them said, sure. The other one has a boyfriend that works at HBO Sports. Uh, and he said, hold out for more. Hold out for more. You can't do this, which caused a whole big thing. And I have to say that uh, Barstool Sports, the CEO, has gone and actually put out an episode on their feed publicly shaming them and <laughs> telling them, telling everybody, all their fans, what went wrong. And what I really love about this is they were playing the, the we're broke New York girl card mm -hmm. for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And their fans found out exactly how much they made from the show, which was buttloads wow. of money. Yeah. They made a lot of money. They made a lot of money. So everybody feels betrayed because there was no transparency going on there. And they were just playing the, the woe is me card. Mm. And now they're, you know, they're trying to figure out how to put the show back together. And I don't think it's ever going to happen because nope. even if they got back together, now they're just a bunch of rich bitches talking about getting laid. That's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about talk about I mean stepping on your own dick, even though I know they don't have any. They're stepping on daddy's dick on this one. But man, talk about screwing the pooch. Yeah, they they played Ooh. that all wrong. They should have taken the half a mil and shut up because that's a lot of money for just doing a podcast. However, it's not that much money because there was one other bit of big podcast news this week. Uh, Spotify's deal with Joe Rogan, of course, he is going yep. uh, full Spotify. And uh, as far as we can tell, the deal seems to be worth more than $100 million. Which? As a, uh, well, let's just assume that's I, what it is. Okay. That's let's, the thing. Nobody knows. I've heard other people know. like on the inside talk about $200 million, But the thing is, if you do the math on how much, how many downloads he gets per month, mm -hmm. it's not that much of a, a deal what, uh, based on what he's probably already making. The thing is, it takes a lot of ops off of his hands. So he doesn't have to do in-house ad sales anymore and things like that, which I think, you know, that's a good thing because in-house ad sales is a pain in the ass, as you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, you don't. I do all the ad sales. Never mind. Not all um, of them. Thank you very much. <laughs> you've, done, you've sold one ad in seven years. Come on. <laughs> anyway. More I just than know one, just, but uh, not uh, insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's, you know, taking that out of the equation, because there's usually a 15% sale, you know, commission on those ads. If you have salespeople, blah, blah, blah. You got agents fees, you got all this stuff. But I think it gives him, uh, you know, an option to do other things as well, because he's at the top of the game. He's probably bored at this point. He's doing the same shit every week. He's, mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's at the top of the mountain. So he needs to do something different just to be interested anymore. It's easy money for him. And yeah. it takes a lot of the work off his shoulders. Plus, I, I'm sure somebody is whispering in his ears, you're going to be the, the next generation's Howard Stern, who, you know, famously left terrestrial radio to go to satellite radio. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm sure he sees himself and, in that uh, ilk. Yeah. He's, he's trailblazing. 
Yeah, and here's the thing. I don't begrudge him one bit. I think, I man, if you can take the money and makes your life easier, do it. He's hey, earned it. We'll take know? that money from Spotify. We'll even take the half a million a year from uh, Barstool Sports. <laughs> We're fine with <laughs> take, that. Take, take any of that. But I thought the uh, interesting number crunching that somebody did, because I always have to think about this from the, a musician's perspective, a musician mm-hmm. would need to generate 23 billion streams on Spotify to earn what they're paying Joe Rogan for his podcast rights, assuming a typical .00437 payout per stream. In other words, Spotify values Rogan more than any musician in the history of the world. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't put a, a you know an ad for a ball shaver in the middle of a Stone song. There's, no, your, you there's your problem. You can try. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just I think it's I. Here's the thing that I also pointed out on Twitter: once Joe Rogan goes behind the full Spotify paywall, he is no longer in the podcast ecosystem. He is not a podcaster anymore. He is a Spotify show. Period. Because it, he, he does you can not fight that definition semantics. of a podcast. You, you can die no, on is. that hill. Oh, no, I know that. I know that, Jason. But you're, yeah. you can fight that until you die. But it's going to be called a podcast for the rest of its life as a show. I'm sure it is. I'm sure yeah. it is. But there, it's 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 wrong. It's not true. So you know, whatever you call you know, I can call this a you know a steak. We do a steak cast every week, even though we don't. You know, it's like it's not true. But yeah, I, he just pulls himself out of the podcast ecosystem. He won't be in the charts anymore. Period, which is fine. Leave leave some room for other people to get up there. Oh, great, great. More NPR shows. Fuck, never mind. That ain't going to work. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, good for him. Bad for the musicians. But pod, or Spotify doesn't care about musicians. They care about making money. And they found podcasts or Spotify shows to be the best way to do it. Because more people listen. If more people listen to the content that they've already got, they can get for free. Then they don't have to pay musicians. And there it goes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I hope everybody's enjoying our meat cast, Farmer John's. Step up, <laughs> take some ads. Yeah, butcher box. I think you need to re-up. <laughs> Come on, guys. Qu- quit pushing your ads back. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to GOG.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ups and doodads. Hulu has unveiled a new interface. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much just as bad as the last one. It's just different. It's badly in a differently way. It's not great, but as I pointed out on Twitter, uh, now it's even easier to find out there's nothing you want to watch. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I'm glad it's free. If if I paid for that, I would have unsubbed a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And I found this one just... just, I wanted to put it in the last show, and I forgot. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, there's a new scooter app out there called GoX Mobile. Mm -hmm. And... These are, <laughs> wait for it, uh, delivered scooters. They have a telepresence app in there. So teleoperators will sit there and drive the scooter to you. And then when you're done with the scooter, they will drive it away. And I don't know if you've seen the videos of these things. It's just, I mean, it's just too damn funny. It Look, is too damn funny. Of course, somebody's going to try. First off, there were probably a lot of scooters out there that were uh, pretty cheap, secondhand, uh, being bought out. And uh, See, Since sure, every other so, scooter business is going out of business. Since all the other scooter businesses have yeah. gone out of business. And, uh, you know, you've got you've got a state that's decided to open up. So, okay, you're going to go give it a go. Uh, the thing that these people don't seem to understand is that it wasn't a profitable business before when the scooters were just left and you didn't have to have the huge support staff going and picking them up and dropping them off that is going to add significant costs so unless you're going to go the route that that the other companies were which is they pretended that they were profitable by just getting funding uh you're you're you don't have a business that's going to make you money you're going to lose no (laughs) yeah i mean it's going to cost more to drive that scooter to and from the pickup and drop off point Mm -hmm. than it will that you're ever going to make on the ride that it was used for which is supposed to be short distances so you've got a car driving a longer distance than the ride that you're probably going to take on the scooter to drop off a scooter and then go and pick it up again well no no, no, there's no cars involved there's no cars involved they they remotely drive the scooter to you that's right yes yeah so, you know, if you're a mile away, I got to sit there on a little scooter with my joystick and my my VR goggles on or my <laughs> wall of monitors because you can only drive one scooter at a time. It's not like you can, you know, have 30 scooters at your beck and call. Oh, maybe just, they hired just, Neo. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> God. Uh, so, yeah, this makes no sense. Whoever put this company together really, really needs to uh, just have their head checked. Yeah, that's a bit silly. Yeah, but they can also get their hands checked. We were mm. joking the other day about, you know, all these apps that are going to try and use ARFID to see if people inside of a building are washing their hands mm-hmm. when they go to the bathroom, if they're keeping their social distancing and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out there's a company called PathSpot, mm-hmm. which I don't understand the name when it comes to what they're doing, because what they have is a scanner that can tell if you washed your hands properly. Okay. I don't know wh- how that name works with that. But, yeah, it's basically a little scanner that you put your hands under, and it says it takes less than two seconds to do a whole scan of your hands and tell you if you have properly washed them. Okay. I I just saw this, and I was just like, this is a thing? People were making this? I can see this for restaurants and, uh, you know, hospitals. hospitals yes. You know, places where it really matters. 
And, but trying to roll this out broadly just because of the, you know, the, well, the, the fe- thing. Yeah, the like, fear hmm. is that this will really matter from now on, which, as we know, uh, it's not human nature. When, as soon as there is a vaccine for this, nobody's going to give a shit about this sort of stuff. I don't think any. <laughs> I've, been, I've been out, Ben. I don't think anybody <laughs> gives a true. shit Nobody now. Nobody gives a shit Nobody now. Nobody gives a shit now. <laughs> no. Um, a couple of people do, but uh, it, it when I was at Trader Joe's, it was definitely I was doing the six foot shuffle to get around the store. And most people were just like, derp, 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 derp. well, know, I mean, I, like, I think the company's hope is that the uh, some government institution will take notice of this and it'll become a requirement, basically. Like if you want to be part of the phase three opening of your business, you will have to have X amount of these in every bathroom. Yeah. And so they'll probably have to, now. they'll probably do it for sports. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I can see this being put into all the, you know, disgusting bathrooms at, at stadiums and things of that nature, concert venues. I can totally see that. Um, but what, I mean, what are they going to do, not let them? you out? Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> will anybody use them? No. Will they just sit there like the fucking Dyson hair, hand dryers that nobody wants to use because we know that it just blows the crap all over <laughs> the bathroom? Say, it makes it worse. Well, yeah. yeah, it makes it actually worse. Uh, no, nobody's going to use it, but it will become part of the regulations of if, if you are to open up, you have to have these sorts of things. Yeah, we'll see how this is going to go. I think these companies are too small to be able to even do this on a large scale right now. Right. You know, there's a couple other companies and they're all small. They've all, you know, uh, I think, what is it? Uh, Food Logic has the most money they raised a hundred or 300 or $31.8 million so far. But still, I mean, to do this effectively at scale, these, nobody's ready for this yet, but. Mm-hmm. I just, I still just thought it was funny. I'm like, these people had been doing this before this broke out and <laughs> this was a thing. This was somebody's grand idea. So interesting, interesting way to do it. Yep. Brick a brick. Interestingly, we seem to be having a Microsoft focused show because the only story I had for Brick a Brick this week was something I just thought was interesting. The original Xbox complete source code has been leaked online. Oh, so interesting. the the original Xbox was a uh, pretty cool for people that like to mod and tinker with their stuff because the included hard drive made it easy to install unofficial dashboards and pirated games. And uh, so people that were kind of enthusiasts about it already might be excited about this. The official Xbox OS has leaked online. This includes the dev kit, emulators, build environments, documentation, and the kernel of it itself. Wow. So this kind of leak enables developers to create unofficial and, of course, illegal fan projects such as emulators, and they might be able to make them a lot better. Uh, it's unclear how much of this data has been out there for quite a long time anyways, so who knows if this is actually going to help the Xbox modding and emulation community. I can't believe there is one, but there is. So, And in addition to that, an early version of the source code for Windows NT 3.5 has also yeah. leaked online. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure, I'm sure some hackers out there are having fun with that because you know there are still some people running Windows NTs out there. There's got to be a ton. Well, they're saying they're saying there aren't that many people or businesses still using Windows NT 3.5, so this leak isn't likely to become a security risk. And I would argue if you are still using an OS from 1994 to run your business, well, sucks to be you. Well, look at look at like New Jersey. They're trying to find COBOL programmers because <laughs> this shit still runs on COBOL. So don't discount the fact that people still run NT for, you know, accounting or just some weird shit that they never could replace or medical devices. Remember all the talk we yeah, had about medical devices? That's true. That's true. You know, well, if you're still running NT 3.5 out there, time to upgrade. Yeah, guess time to patch <laughs> the 3.51. That's it. <laughs> Security? Ha! 
We're joined again this week by Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast. Dave is also the host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, as well as the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy as well as surveillance and privacy. And Dave, as it turns out last week, is a closeted stormtrooper who wants to come out. <laughs> Dave, has there been any update on your, on, your, on your quest to join the dark side? No, no, no. <laughs> what? no. Sounds so miserable. Oh, I Listen, thought the dark got... side had donuts. They had more fun. That's what they say, but <laughs> not so far. Uh, I got a, a very nice response from a listener named Michaela, uh, who is a who is a frequent uh, GOG listener, and she said she comments uh, sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she actually reached out to someone she knows who she thought may have a lead on something, but it turned out to not, it didn't, didn't go anywhere, but I, I appreciate her taking the time to, to reach out that way. Um, other than that, uh, my brother told me, and first of all, I did not know my brother listens to this show, so I'll have to note that. Um, my, my, my Don't brother you hate when me, that happens? Oh my God. Yeah. As long as, yeah. Mm, as long as he doesn't tell my mom to start listening, then. Yes. Moms and spouses are, are, are banned from listening. Right, if you so. show up at Christmas and there's a furry head on top of the Christmas tree, you know, she listens. Yeah. Right. But, uh. Evidently, someone in my brother's neighborhood has a stormtrooper helmet sitting in their front window. Mm. So he's thinking maybe he'll reach out there and see what that's all about. But uh, no, no, nothing from anyone in the 501st or uh, nothing like that. I, 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 I didn't really know what to expect, but I guess I expected more than what we got. <laughs> <laughs> I, I expected quite a bit, actually. That's surprising. I, would think, I mean, if there's I, anybody I, I, who's going to be... Yeah. Grumpy. You, you, I mean, our audience, you'd think we'd be crawling with people with stormtrooper uniforms. It, it, it's a subset of a subset of a subset of a subset. And uh, our, our reach I is suppose. not so great, but uh, you I never suppose. know. Um, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Well, yeah, I think you need to I, hang out on Hardwick's podcast more often. Then you'll be you'll be set. But uh, yeah, ooh, maybe. there you go. There you yeah, go. I didn't get, think about that. Get yourself a guest spot over there. If I could yeah. get an invite back there and then just casually drop the 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 fact that, that I'm looking for that, yeah, I like or, that. You know, I like that. Get on uh, Adam uh, Adam what's his face from MythBusters show, yeah. Adam oh, Savage. He'll build he'll build you he'll one. build you one <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He'll he'll put one together in 20 minutes. <laughs> or actually, he'll just go in the closet and go, "Hey, well, you look like a five, about what six yeah, feet right. tall." There you go. Right. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, pick, right. pick pick one. <laughs> He's got one like, of those motorized things like they have at the dry cleaner, except it's all just full of. Stormtrooper hey, uniforms. So, He's got what, dozens of them. Do you want the <laughs> Snow Patrol one? Do you want the uh, speeder bike one? Right. Yeah. Or maybe maybe yeah. more like Mr. Miyagi, and he goes come, comes in the back, and he opens the opens the doors, and goes choose. <laughs> you just get to pick yeah. your own. <laughs> choose wisely. Yeah. So I'm still hopeful. Uh, you know, I still hope that it'll happen sometime. Maybe I need to start buying a. A suit one piece at a time. Like uh, the reminder that remember that old Johnny uh, Cash song, "One Piece at a Time," went about stealing the car from the. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Well, I could I mean, always rent one, but I, I mean, uh, I think renting one the purpose. might be the way to go, unless you're really it, you're making the commitment to actually own one forevermore. Yeah, I don't know. Renting one feels like. A cheat. That feels t- like cheating, it, yeah. It does. It feels like if I'm coming at this from a point of view of community, right, mm-hmm. sort of like geek community, uh, then renting one seems 
you know, it seems like a workaround, an unnecessary workaround. But I, th- I think you, you just need to, here, though. You need to sign mm-hmm. up with one of the 501st online groups and, and get get into the community, Dave. You can't just throw it out there to the cosmos. As they say, God helps those who help themselves. Can't what if they don't it, like man. me, Brian? What if they don't like me? Well, what if not- I'm too short to be a stormtrooper? <laughs> <laughs> This is not the podcast host you're looking for. <laughs> right, exactly. What if they tell me that I uh, no no no, you could be you could dress up like Yoda. You could be you could you could crawl inside an R2 unit. Um, uh, you know. Yeah. God forbid C3PO. Uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. So we'll see. I, I I'm still hopeful. I'm you know, it's just it's been only about a week or so, so Yes. Pe- maybe people are catching up on their podcasts and now we have a second segment ded- dedicated well, to it. So right. and let's increase that reach. <laughs> just to get yeah, maybe people will reach out just to get me to stop complaining. <laughs> but I don't know. We don't anyway. like sad Dave. Let's make Dave happy. That's people. right. That's yeah. see, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little bummed about the upcoming long weekend. It's a, there's it's a, a long wait, wait, weekend. Wait, wait. There's a long. There's a weekend that's longer than the rest. I, I didn't know it was the weekend. Isn't this Thursday? <sighs> uh, I actually well, am, for you guys. <laughs> I am not bummed uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, one that means my wife has a day off, so I get to share childcare duties. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to my mom's house. We've opened up our pod to include my mom now because she's been social distancing and staying at home. And she has a barbecue and a large lawn for my kid to run around in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I mentioned the previous week, the uh, Bundesliga, the German soccer league had just started up last weekend. And as weird as the games are to watch without fans in the stand, it is something and yeah. it was <laughs> how was, <laughs> it was it how was it good yeah it was i mean the level of play is is quality it's it's hot you know top level soccer that i was watching mm. and and it was it was interesting to be able to hear the players you know because they're they're screaming at each other as they play and that's normally drowned out by crowd noise correct you know oh, so you or don't, the you vuvuzelas don't, or the vuvuzelas right. so so you normally <laughs> you don't hear what the players are saying and and, and it's very interesting and right. you know it, it was mostly in german being a german league but i do know how to cuss in german and there was a significant <laughs> amount <laughs> let's you just know, say they weren't they weren't yeah. riding they weren't riding the uh, mute button <laughs> That reminds me of early in my career when I first got out of college, I did a lot of sports shooting mm-hmm. uh, and uh, a lot of college uh, basketball and football. And so I, and I was usually on the sidelines for basketball. I'd sit like right under the basket and then for football, I was on the sidelines. And one of the great things about that was that perspective of being so close that you could hear everything. Yeah. Particularly with basketball, you could hear the players talking to each other and um, hearing the refs talk to the players was fascinating as well. So mm-hmm. that's that's a really interesting uh, yeah. adjustment there. Because like you do get to hear that. And, and for obvious reasons, you know, most sports uh, sports leagues don't do that. They don't mic up stuff like that. I think the XFL right. tried that for their brief, you know, <laughs> ill-fated COVID-19 came along and thus ended the league run. But mm-hmm. uh, um, it, it was interesting. It, it's not it, – it doesn't feel great. I mean, you do miss that crowd thing. And you can tell that – that the players miss it as well. And many of the interviews afterwards were, you know, it feels like it's a practice game because we don't have the crowds behind us or, or, or pushing yeah. us on. But uh, the perspective of being able to listen uh, was really, really interesting. And I'm going to be, 
I'm going to be interested to see what American leagues, because uh, the NBA is talking about coming back without fans, MLB, NFL is going to play without fans, how they're going to handle that, because uh, the, the networks here are notoriously um, shy of, of having that stuff broadcast. And somebody is going to have to somebody is going to have to ride the mute on that because uh, athletes oh. uh, athletes use language. <laughs> yeah, they do. I had, do you think I they do have, bring in? Oh. Do you think they bring in canned fan noise? God, I like hope a laugh not. track because the laugh be... track has died as as a thing. Uh, hasn't I it? think they I need mean... to put a laugh track on the NBA? That would be perfect, <laughs> especially when somebody misses a free throw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I know Bill Maher's been doing that kind of tongue-in-cheek with his show where they're, they're cutting to, like old clips from the 60s and 70s of people mm-hmm. and, and crowds laughing. And, and it was funny as a conceit the first episode, but they've kept it going, and it's just really kind of annoying now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's I how I feel about every yes. episode of Bill Maher. I know but, that's yeah. how you feel about every episode of Bill Maher. <laughs> I have to say, though, something, something strange happened this week. There was a fantastic high-speed chase on uh, TV here in L.A., and, mm. you know, high speed chases are basically sports for people who don't like sports and live in Los Angeles. And right. it, it it really like I'm watching this thing for like 45 minutes and you find yourself rooting for the bad guy for a little bit. Then you find yourself rooting for the cops and rooting for the bad guy. And I'm like, I get sports now. I totally get <laughs> sports. You don't know how it's going to end, but you have the people that you're rooting for. <laughs> I had an epiphany. I had a high speed epiphany this week and it was fantastic. Wow. <laughs> Well, yeah. my, and the by the way, they I'm, got them. They got them. Of course, they because well, they always well, of get course them. they <laughs> they always get them. They always get their man, <laughs> right? Yeah. Can't outrun Motorola, as they used to say, <laughs> or Mercedes um, in this one. <laughs> yeah, so I think the reason I'm I'm bummed about the weekend is not. I, first of all, I, I am happy to have uh, a day off, to have the extra day as a break to recharge. So I'm all for that. <laughs> I think that's great. You but just have to spend is, it at home. <laughs> Well, that's exactly it. I, there, I, I was trying to think. I was, I was uh, talking with my family. Could we go somewhere? Could we take a day trip? Could we take a drive? But, like, anywhere we go is just going to be crawling with people because everybody wants to be out, and yeah. that's not what I want to do. I don't want to go take a hike on a path that's just wall to wall people without masks. I see. I, I think I know the answer to this before even asking it because you do have a schedule for all of your podcasts, but would it be possible for you to say work on the Monday and then take a day off that is not, you know, a Wednesday or a Thursday and do something with the family when it oh. will not be so crowded? <laughs> oh, oh, silly Brian. Brian. Yes. Oh, yeah. ador- sweet, adorable Brian. It's called news, Brian. <laughs> Come on. You just got to do this like a, what was that great movie about LA? LA Story. Tape the weather a couple days ahead of time. What's going to possibly change? <laughs> yeah, I know. Somebody broke into a computer today. Okay, later. Right. <laughs> Tomorrow on the CyberWire. Ben Yellen yeah, talks about somebody uh, breaking into a computer. Tomorrow, yeah. day after, we talk about somebody breaking into a computer. There mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> uh, well, look, I mean, I, it is possible for me to take vacations now. We have enough staff here that I can do that. So I so I appreciate that. And in fact, we've been talking about that as to... You know, trying to encourage everyone, despite the situation we're in, still, you need to take days off. You need to take plan for vacations or something. Everybody needs a break. Um, it's, yes, it's complicated but the thing is, and hard for me to do that. <laughs> the thing is, here's, here's what a lot of people are doing when they're working from home. They're kind of taking the day off anyways and not claiming it. And they don't want to claim any of these days because they want to use them later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, can you, you know, take you 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 don't have a studio at home, or you could, can't you just like I, abscond with the studio, take it home, and then do your stuff sure. in the morning, and then go for a hike or yeah. drive no, back I home? That. You know, no, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, I live five miles from the studio, so it's not. What the hell are you complaining a, for? You know what? what you know what I think is happening <laughs> See, here. here. I, so I, now I think I've got survivor's guilt. Dave is Dave is being <laughs> the the perpetual uh, kind of the the stereotypical uh, female in this situation, in which he does not want. <laughs> solutions proposed for his problem he, he wants, wants you to commiserate with his misery yes, yes you know what you're absolutely right that is that is 100 on the note i didn't realize it until you said it but you're right i don't want answers i just want empathy well God, you've, you've got empathy we will shut up and stop we, being stereotypical males can we just snuggle for a little while guys i mean oh. is that too much to ask well, as brian has run? pointed out i don't have empathy i have reverse empathy that's so true i i, I should that's not true. talk for the rest yes. of the segment jason yes. does okay. not put himself in other people's shoes jason right. expects everybody to wear jason's shoes this is the way yes. it works that's true i think that's called right. narcissism but uh, i don't i'd have to look that up in the look I, I think there are solutions to your problem dave should you decide to pull yourself out of this misery if not may i suggest a cup of earl gray tea hot uh with some cream and put on the cures disintegration i find that to be okay. the best way to wallow in misery all right very good very good <laughs> Uh, I had another uh, thing that I've been thinking about that I wanted to share with you guys to see what you think about this little bit of thought technology that I've been running through my mind. And uh, perhaps it will interest some of our listeners as well. Uh, warning, this is a little bit geeky, but I think it's interesting. Uh, with everything that's been going on and the fact that people's dreams have been getting pretty weird, mm -hmm. my dreams have certainly been getting weird and more intense. Um are you guys familiar with uh, field programmable gate arrays in, in computer hardware? See, when you put this in the show notes, I went, this must be a furry thing. This is code. <laughs> because, it had the, because it had the letter F in it? Yes. Oh. Yeah, what would FPGAs stand for in furry lingo? I, I had I a few thoughts, but that would <laughs> have to be furry party. <laughs> no, furry party gets awesome. Yeah, there you go. And we right. have a show title. <laughs> So I will go back to my question. Are you guys familiar with field programmable gate arrays? Yes. Jason? No. Okay. So field programmable gate arrays have been a while, around for a while, probably a couple decades. And basically it's a type of hardware that is, uh, can be reconfigured uh, in the field. So you can put an FPGA on a circuit board uh, and it and it's it gates, right? Logic gates, but you can reconfigure them. And once they're reconfigured, the logic will run, but it's in hardware. It's not software running. It's actually in hardware. And there are advantages of that because some things run faster in hardware than they do in software. Sometimes you want things on your circuit board in hardware rather than software. Mm -hmm. So if you go to the expense of putting an FPGA on your circuit board, it allows you the flexibility of reprogramming the hardware on that board uh, so if you have a firmware update or well, firmware would be the wrong word for it, but if, if, if there's, you need to fix a bug in the hardware or something like that, um, it allows you to do that. Um, and there are lots of things these days that use field programmable gate arrays. Well, I've been thinking about um, are when we have dreams, is that the, the brain's version of taking our experiences and putting them into hardware? In other words, you're out there on the savanna and you get chased by a leopard and you run away and you scurry up a tree. 
and your brain realizes this is a traumatic thing and it says, okay, if I want to live, this is something I need to put into hardware. Like I need my reaction. This needs to be a reflexive response to this event because I don't want to get eaten by the leopard. Mm -hmm. So while we're asleep, we're going to take this experience and we're going to put it into hardware. We're going to do some rewiring in the synapses of our brain, uh, similar to a field programmable gate array, and we're going to make this into hardware. Now, one of the reasons I think this might be so is, I'm sure you guys have experienced this. You're, 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 doing, you're practicing something physical. It could be you're trying to do a skateboarding trick, or you're trying to play the guitar, or play the piano, or something like that. And you're having trouble getting it, having trouble getting it. You step away from it for a while. You sleep on it. And when you come back to it, you can do it better than you could before you slept on it. Mm-hmm. Something right. has happened in your mind that it's settled in and the, that, that, that physical response is there where you were sort of grinding gears before. That's another reason I, I think I might be onto something with this little uh, fun little thought analogy that I'm using here. Gentlemen, your thoughts? Yeah, there's, I can, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I think you're absolutely correct on that, especially when you, once you mentioned skateboarding. There's two mm-hmm. things. Skateboarding and video games, I've had the same experience. You, you try mm-hmm. and try and try. You grind it out. You try and do a move. You try and do a trick. You sleep on it. Your brain, it, it's, it's almost the same thing as visualization, like how pilots do visualization, like the Blue Angels do visualization, and mm. it, it builds the muscle memory in your mind. And there are many studies that show if you do visualizations, you can actually get better at doing a particular thing before you actually do it. So if you if you visualize that free throw over and over and over again, you will get like a 10 to 15 percent bump in your free throws next time you get on the court. Same thing with skateboarding. I can watch a video of a skateboarder. Well, back when I had a body that could actually stand on a skateboard and do it properly. I'd watch a video over and over again and just in in my mind visualize what was going on with that move, how he had to shift his weight, how he had to like twist his legs and do do something. The next time I went out, I could actually do that trick just from visualizing it and sleeping on it. And then, you know, over and over again, I would do that trick and I would master it. it there's there's a couple different processes going on there, but um, absolutely. I think uh, I, 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 I'm with you on it. Yeah. Brian? So I can speak with a little bit of authority on this, although I'll 20 years out of date. Uh, I double majored in psychology and music, and my interest in psychology ran more towards neurology because I was interested in, in how the brain works. And the uh, the TLDR from that is, is basically a for both psychology and neurology is they have no fucking clue. Uh, certainly they, they didn't 20 years ago, uh, right, but there, right. there were a lot of theories. I don't know how this has gone on right now. And, and maybe we'll have uh, somebody who dresses up in stormtrooper outfits who happens to be a neurologist listening to wow. the show and can solve both, that. both our problems at once. But uh, a dream come true. <laughs> it would be. Um, uh, speaking of dreaming. Yes, it would be a dream come true. Uh, the two big theories at the time for what dreams were supposed to do. And again, nobody really had any idea. Yeah, but these these were two big theories that were quite popular and being taught in in the classes that I was taking, and they're complementary. They're they're not one or the other. They can they can run simultaneously. Is the the first is exactly that uh, what you're talking about, which is while we dream, we tend to be um, basically wire, rewiring our brain uh, to do the sorts of things that we've been trying to do or practicing or whatever. And mm-hmm. part of dreaming is, is that process of, uh, of the, what's being thrown up as these neurons are making new connections and reconfiguring themselves much like your, your field programmable 
things. Um, and the other theory, which was kind of also very popular at the time, was was that our brains were actually cleansing themselves. Uh, hmm. They were fixing broken neuron connections and washing them away and all that sort of thing. So those were the two big theories at the time when I was taking these courses and classes. So oh, spot on. Sir, <laughs> uh, at least as well, of twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, let me. Just, I mean, yes, this is uh, obviously my armchair uh, assessment of this. It's just something I was thinking about. I, I cannot claim any expertise. Uh, have not studied it the way you have, Brian. <laughs> but uh, it was. I just thought it was something fun to think about, and so I wanted to get your uh, take on it. And I thought perhaps the audience might enjoy it as well. So there it is. There we go. There we have it. <laughs> I have an interesting bit of news that I wanted to cover because this covers uh, GDPR and things that we've talked about in the past on the show. Mm. And this is a grandmother has been ordered by a court to delete Facebook photos of her grandchildren because <laughs> GDPR. <laughs> yeah. I love this story because you know, the mother and the, the daughter had a falling out mm -hmm. and uh, she didn't want pictures of her kids up on Facebook and grandma was like, here's my grandkids. Let's let's have at it. And uh, when the daughter came back and said, take down the pictures of my kids, she said, nah, ain't going <laughs> to do it. And mm -hmm. uh, so she took her to court, of all things. And she has been ordered to remove the photos or pay a fine of 50 euros for every day that she fails to comply with the order with a maximum fine of 1,000 euros. <laughs> and if she decides to post more pictures of the kids, they tack on another 50 euros a day. So <laughs> I, what do you guys think about this? I thought this was, a, it's a great test for GDPR. And apparently there are courts that will hear these types of stories, even in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> uh, mothers and daughters. Yes. Uh, it's a complicated relationship. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, I mean, I, 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 it all makes sense from a GDPR point of view. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's sad that it's come to this, but. It, there you go. There's something kind of funny about well, it, I suppose. Look, I mean, the reason that we have laws and things like GDPR is because human relations break down. And that's when the law steps in. Now, ideally, she would have asked her grandmother to remove the photos. There could have been a discussion about it. Some sort of consensus would be reached. But when consensus can't be reached, that's why we have law. And that's why we have things like... Oh, uh, regulations for companies because they won't naturally do the right thing either all the time. In fact, very, very little. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, I mean, that, that is why these structures exist. Now, of course, this is a bit of a fringe case. It's a little ridiculous and it's a bit sad that this relationship has crumbled to the point that it had to go to courts, but that's what the law and the court systems are for. Yeah, right. <laughs> Humanity's backstop. Yes, exactly. That, that is what it's supposed to be there for. So mm -hmm. it's a last case scenario when we cannot resolve these issues on our own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm just going to say, yeah. I, now I kind of understand why the, the daughter won't talk to her, her mom, because she, the mom sounds kind of like an asshole. <laughs> she won't take down the picture to the kids from Facebook. Well, well. I mean, what, what, what is the reasoning behind it? That's a, one thing that we don't get into in, in this story is, is we don't hear the, the arguments being made. We just know, okay, daughter does not want photos on Facebook. Is, right. is, all, is, there, is there a matter, compelling though. reason? So. But I mean, that's all that should matter. It, like she doesn't want pictures of her kids on Facebook. Well, maybe she is it all that should matter though, because the grandmother yes. has a relationship with a child too. Uh, hmm. But not a legal one, you know. I mean, granted, if the mother, you know, rescinds custody of the kids, she she's the next of kin, and would then get to, you know, 
be the the guardian of the children, but currently she is not the guardian of the children. Well, so. how how old are these children? Do we know Does that? Oh, yes, <laughs> it does matter. See, this is again. No, this, is, this is why yeah, we have this is why we have courts and juries <laughs> to hear to hear out all these all these mm-hmm. different aspects. Well, yeah. if anybody knows how old these kids are, I'm guessing they're children, <laughs> not yeah. adults. So, yes, I think it comes back now. Brian, would if if your your mom took a very embarrassing picture of of your kid, posted it online with him, like maybe, let's just say for the sake of argument. Uh, pooping in his hand and wiping it on his face. And you didn't want that out there for future generations to see. And you said, Mom, take down this photo. And she said, no, I think it's cute. And I'm going to keep it up there forever. Now, what would you do? Conveniently, I know the passwords that my mom uses for Does everything. It, uh, so you, can't, nope, you can't sidestep the process. Can't sidestep the process. So you'd be willing to violate the Computer Fraud and Abuse, abuse Act, Act. To, yes. to, so, to take things yeah. into your own hands. I have a VPN. They'd never find me. Right. You'd be willing to commit a felony to make things right. All right. Look, it's, I, good, it's good to know. I, I, had a, I had embarrassing photos of me that were in family <laughs> albums that were left out on the table. I, I, I've been there, done that, and, and mm-hmm. I was very upset about that as a child but it is what it is and it happened again this is why the courts are there and i'm not postulating that the grandmother is right or anything i'm just saying from this article as as somebody who could potentially be sitting on the jury i would need more information than i've been given in this article to to have a ruling on it or an opinion yeah well i there's a there's a pull quote in the uh in the article here, it says, actually, the reasonable thing to do, the human thing to do, is to go and take them down. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. All right, guys. Well, uh, have a good long weekend. If you notice that it happens, I and will you try. try to do that as well. <laughs> I know you don't <laughs> want be, solutions. So no, no. You know, I'll, I'll be going to – maybe I'll go to door to door and, and ask people if they have Stormtrooper outfits. Just <laughs> I, 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 I would love to have a video of that. Shortcuts. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No. no. All right. No. Very good. Thank you. And then eventually, the, I get uh, you know pulled over by the police, uh, sir. We got a report that uh, someone's going door to door and asking people if they uh, have stormtrooper outfits. No, the, no, the yeah. way this movie ends is the last door that you knock on. George Lucas has bought a house in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's like the last. You always find your keys the last place you look for them. That's right. That's right. The door opens. The the light comes beaming out. The angels sing. The imperial march starts to play. <laughs> right, exactly. Just, yeah. So, uh, as a matter of fact, I do have some stormtrooper outfits in here. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> These are pre Disney. I hope that's okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Uh, well, I've known K-Rock has been going downhill for a long time, which kind of sucks. K-Rock being the world-famous K-Rock, which actually started that tagline as a joke because nobody was listening to K-Rock back when I was a kid and it just started yeah. and it actually played alternative music. So it became a joke that it was the world-famous K-Rock, but then it actually did become the, the world-famous world famous K-Rock. K-Rock. <laughs> so, uh, it is basically dead. Um, there's a really interesting long-read article over on Variety about how there's uh, new program directors and all that sort of stuff. And, and you know, obviously, it, it couldn't continue to play the music that I liked because basically that would now make it a, an oldie station. Uh, but it is not in any way, shape, or form what it used to be. It is not uh, alternative. It is not edgy. It is not... Uh, it's basically all playlisted now. As we know, they got rid of the morning show and they're trying to 
rejigger themselves. So it is, it's a weird thing to consider that something that was so much a part of my childhood is now officially basically dead and kind of sad and interesting read. All I care about though, for me personally, is that they keep K-Rock HD2 on the air, which isn't costing them very much money and basically sounds exactly like the world famous K-Rock from 20 years ago, which I enjoy listening to. So please keep that going. But I have a feeling that will be going by the wayside pretty soon. Yeah, I've tried to listen to it recently, mm-hmm. and they, uh, yeah, the morning show is is dead. It's it's Striker and some other dude in the morning. Now it's bad. It's bad, right. and I I I I kind of have a disagreement with you about what they're playing. When I first moved to LA in 1995, it was Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nine Inch Nails, <laughs> just like the same slew. I can get in the car pretty much randomly and still hear the same shit that they were playing when I moved here, you know, 25 years ago. It's well, crazy. that's changing now, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, not even unfortunately, because I guess one of the things I need to remember is I'm actually really old and I stopped listening to K-Rock in the 90s. I listened to it when I was a kid in the 80s and maybe early 90s. And then I was done with it. Uh, I've listened to it the entire time. I've never <laughs> listened to any other radio station. But now I've got CarPlay and I can listen to whatever the hell I want. Progress. Like Joe Rogan on Spotify. No, <laughs> I do not listen to Joe Rogan. <laughs> and just a reminder, later on tonight, because this is coming out on Saturday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, which is midnight for you in England, because we had a couple people ask us because they couldn't Google the time difference. Uh, we will be doing our second and maybe final drink up. We'll see if we pay for the service again for another month. So uh, come and join us. I don't know who's going to be there, but I will be there for an hour. Jason will be there until he passes out. So come, come and hang out with us. <laughs> That's about it. Go to GOG.show slash live for contact information and connection information. And it's funny, after we mentioned it on the last show, I keep getting emails. It's like, hey, somebody's in the room waiting for you. I'm like, you can wait for a while. (laughs) We're not going to be there till Saturday, dude. Sorry. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to GOG.show slash donate. Toss us a few bucks and we'll love you forever. Your support really keeps us going and we really appreciate it. And hey, we still have masks available because we make them as you order them. And so they will always be available. Go to (laughs) GOG.show slash shop if you want to get in on our, our masks and maybe some new merch as we get some time to put it out there. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 441. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.